Mike check one two one two. Yes, we back for another episode. A taste to consider podcast. Let's go. Another week has ended. Another week is about to begin. I hope you're feeling good. I hope you're ready for the show. I appreciate you for listening. Let's go. I'm having a little taste right now. Y'all know how I do. Say sick and sit a podcast. Keep your heart, hey, keep your heart, three stacks, keep your heart. Man, these girls are smart, three stacks, these girls are smart. Say sick and sit a podcast, let's go. Top notch holes get the most, not the lesser. Trash like the fuck for forty dollars in the club. Fucking up the game, bitch, it gets no love. She be cross country. Something wrong with you if you ain't bobbing your head right now. Let's go. I smashed up the gray one, bought me a red. Every time we hit the parking lot, return head. Say sick and sit a podcast. Let's go. Bitch chose me, you ain't a pimp, you a fairy. Take sick and sit a podcast. Baby, you've been rolling solo. Time to get down with the team. The uh. greener on that other side. If you know what I mean, I show you shit you've never seen. The seven wonders of the world. world. And I can make you the eighth if you wanna be my girl. girl. I say my girl, I don't mean my woman. That ain't my style. Need a real street stalker. Stalker. Walk a green mile. Say sick and sit a podcast. Let's go. Room table. Cause you able to realize I'm the truth and not a fable. Baby, uh, say sick and sit a podcast, let's go. Y'all need to be just as hype as I am right now. Say sick and sit a podcast. Let's go. Back for another episode. Yes, indeed. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. I am ready. Say sick and sit a podcast. Yes, part of the UNU network. Follow us on Instagram. That's U A N D U underscore network. It features a taste to consider podcast, unprocessed knowledge podcast, three stars, two bars podcast, 
Separate the Two Podcast, Codachine Podcast, and we got some more coming. Let's go. Yes, you and you network, unproductive and unapologetic. Follow me on Instagram at a taste to consider podcast. I also have greatest.i.am.blog on Instagram, as well as a taste to consider on Instagram. Check out my sites, greatestiamblog.com, as well as a taste to consider.com, where you will find merchandise. I have my Therapy and Hill shirts up there right now. New merchandise coming soon. I know I've been saying that for a while, but I've just been, you know, I got to follow the energy. And the energy says it's not it's not time yet to uh, release the new merchandise. So right now, I am rocking the Therapy and Hill shirt, the white men's Therapy and Hill shirt. I'm rocking that right now. We have men's and women's Therapy and Hill shirts on the taste2consider.com. You can either go there and purchase a shirt or you can donate to the podcast. My cash app is dollar sign rip 81. I am back for another episode. Yes, indeed. Yes, I am back. Um, guess what, y'all? Guess what? I got a special announcement. I got a special announcement. This is breaking news. Special announcement. I got my AC back. <laughs> I got my AC back. I got my AC back. Yes. I'm sitting in the basement, the coolest part of the house, even when I didn't have the AC going. Oh, man. But it's even even cooler down here right now with the AC going. Oh, I feel so good. Yes, they came Tuesday. The home warranty company came Tuesday, installed the new unit. And I'm back in business. No more sitting in the house like Terrence Howard off of Hustle and Flow. Yes, no more sweatiness. No more turning off the fans before it's time to record. No more walking around the house bucket naked. <laughs> I am back chilling. I got my sweats on. got a shirt on. I'm good. I am, com- I am comfortable. <laughs> I am comfortable. Yes, I got the AC back. It is uh, a special thing. Oh, how can you take such things for granted when you don't have them? Not to say that I took it for granted, because I definitely didn't take it for granted. Because I knew at one point the AC would break down and I would have to call on the home warranty company to replace it. That's actually what I counted on, and God bless it happened. I didn't have to come out of my pocket and spend thousands of dollars for a new AC unit unit i only spent a couple of hundred of dollars you know just to pay some things that wasn't covered under the home warranty but hey that's better than paying thousands of dollars i'm i'm happy i'm grateful i'm blessed got the ac going added some value to my home you know what i'm saying i'm feeling good <laughs> i've been sitting in this house it was close it was it was coming up onto a month that i was sitting up into this house waiting on this uh new ac unit but i finally got the ac unit is it's cool up in here you know what i'm saying no more fans no more sweating i mean this not having the ac affected me in in a, in a couple of ways um 
I wasn't sleeping in my bedroom because I refused to go all the way upstairs. My house is three levels. I got the basement, main level, and the upstairs. Three levels. So I was not sleeping upstairs. I wasn't sleeping up. I'm, I'm weird. I'm, I'm a couch sleeper, so I was sleeping on the couch more. I was sleeping on the couch more than I was sleeping in my in my actual bed in my bedroom. But I I definitely wasn't going up in there. You know, I went up there to shower, get dressed, and all that other good stuff. And I had the fans blazing while I was up there doing that. But uh, since I got the AC unit installed, I have been sleeping back upstairs in my bedroom in my actual bed. <laughs> um. It also affected me. Uh, I wasn't going to the gym and I wasn't working out. Uh, no, because I've talked about this plenty of times before in the podcast. I'm a sweater. I sweat profusely. I get hot easily. And I wasn't going to the gym just to come back here and not be able to cool my body down. So I wasn't working out for a good week and a half, two weeks, maybe. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to get some workouts in at home and go to the gym on a couple of days that were in the 70s. But it's not even summer yet, and we've had a a few 90-degree days here in the DMV. So, yeah, I got the AC going right now. Um, I'm not sure if it's on right now. Uh, Today is like in the 80s. I know tomorrow is supposed to go back up to the 90s. Um, But, yeah. I am happy. I got the AC, um, and it's crazy because when they when they came to install it, they came early in the morning around like seven something, and they finished around eleven installing everything, uh, both units, the outside and inside unit. And since they've installed it, man, it's like it's been freezing up in here when I've had the AC on, and. Um, What's interesting is because I sat up in here so for a while without the AC, my body got adjusted. So now when I turn the AC on, it be getting like crazy cold in here. My body is like, ah, this is too cold. (laughs) So I had to turn the AC down. But as soon as I turn the AC down, I get super hot. So it's like my body hasn't balanced itself yet and gotten to that point where it's adjusted. So, you know, hopefully that happens sooner than later. But. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just thankful that I got this joint done and I ain't have to really come out my pocket for it. Uh, that's the beauties, the beauty and as well as the the uh, the curse of the of having a home warranty and having to wait on people and stuff like that. But you know, it got done. I got through it. Thank God. Um, I had some days where it was just I was getting pissed off and frustrated, but you know, for the most part. Uh, you know, I was cool. I understood the assignment, and I got through it. Take a puff here. I am smoking a, uh, what's this cigar right here? It's a, uh, let me pull this up. This is a Hamlet, uh, Hamlet cigar, uh, 25th year cigar. It's a nice cigar, not strong. Got a good pull to it. Doesn't have a crazy or strong aftertaste. Uh, Let me spark it back up because I had it sitting for a while.
It's a good cigar. I like it. Tonight I am drinking. Uh, I ain't buying anything new. I just went to the um, went over and got something that was already sitting over in the uh, across the room. Got some Uncle Nearest. Uh, I just thought this was fitting to have Uncle Nearest black, you know, black uh, owned whiskey, black made whiskey. Um, for today is June nineteenth. Today is Juneteenth. So we will be getting into that topic a little later on. Um, y'all know how I do. I got, always got something to say about some blackity black stuff, so some woke stuff. But that's part of the new segment. So Mercury retrograde still going on. We got a couple of more days until it ends. It ends June 22nd. I believe that is a Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. So we got what? Um, three more days, let's say three more days, till Mercury Retrograde goes direct. And we got uh, a week and a half of the post-shadow phase where a lot of the energy of the Mercury Retrograde is still lingering. And that will be over July 7th. So just be mindful of of the post-shadow phase and some of that energy still lingering. Dang, first burp. <sighs> Man. Second burp. We also have a another planet going retrograde. Jupiter is going retrograde Sunday, June 20th, which is considered uh, by some as the, the summer solstice. And the Jupiter retrograde will be uh, lasting for four months. And the planet Jupiter is uh, is the planet of growth, luck, and expansion. So um, during this retrograde, you know, I'm not like I always. I'm not an expert. I do my little research and stuff like that. So you know, I always encourage everybody to do your own research on anything that I'm talking about. I'm just bringing topics up. You know, giving you a taste of things and. You do what you got to do if you feel the need to, if it resonates with you. Uh, like I said, uh, Jupiter will be going retrograde uh, June 20th. Um, Jupiter is the planet of growth, luck, and expansion. So, um, you know, usually, uh, not usually, when these planets go retrograde, you know, a lot of things come back up. Um, new, You know, opportunities that you may have passed on in the in the past, um, certain things you can tap into um, from the past. So you know we'll see. You know it it affects everybody. These these retrogrades and stuff affects everybody in 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 different ways. But just you know, do your research. Be mindful of things. See how it connects to you. How it resonates with you. How it you know applies to your life. Um, if you into astrology, um, check your natal chart and all that other good stuff and see how it applies to your life. Now, to the blackity black woke segment. Y'all know I usually talk about blackity black stuff, woke stuff, conspiracy theory stuff. 
But since I was shadow banned and stuff by, you know, um, posting certain things and having certain things in the in the description of the episodes posted on social media and stuff like that, I've been shadow banned because they 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 flag they flag certain keywords. Um, so now I just instead of actually writing the descriptions of the things that I'm talking about in the, in this in this segment I I just labeled it the blackity black woke segment instead of outlining everything that I'm actually talking about that put me in this this shadow band box on social media so blackity black woke segment last episode I talked about the uh Asian guy I forgot his name fuck him um, but he shot a, a six-year-old boy. His name was Kobe Daniel, six-year-old boy. Um, shot him because his bike, Kobe's bike was in the Asian man's yard. The Asian man, he's 29 years old. First, uh, the Asian man attacked him with a sledgehammer. He tried to hit him with a sledgehammer, but the boy ran, a, ran away. He eventually came back, tried to get his bike. And then the Asian man shot him, shot him in his arm. The bullet went through. He survived. But uh, recently it it has come out that the boy has been, Kobe Daniel, has been suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. And he's uh, going to therapy for it. So imagine, you know, I've talked about all this this stuff before plenty of times. Talked about all the post-traumatic stress, the uh anxiety depression and stuff that we go through black people period and to deal with with our own trauma that come from our families or certain things that gone on in our life uh personally and then to have to deal with uh white supremacy racism and stuff like that with that that stress um, dealing with anxiety from that and stuff, you know, we catch it from all angles. So this is just another example of black people going through the bullshit because of ignorant, hateful, disgusting white supremacists. <laughs> Moving along. Where am I at? Let me look at the outline. Okay. I came across this uh, video. Uh, I have a clip for it. Um, Fire Fauci, Fire Fauci Act. Um, we all know Dr. Fauci is the uh, head of the CDC and was uh, played an intricate role in the vaccine, COVID, and all that other stuff. Uh, some members of Congress introduced the Fire Fauci Act. And what they were proposing is to drop his salary to zero dollars and open a federal investigation into his emails and his finances. Um, I'm not sure if it was last episode or the episode before I talked about how Dr. Fauci's emails were leaked and it showed how he profited from the COVID uh, pandemic, the COVID disease pandemic whatever um and how the covid virus 
was man-made. So let me uh, pull that clip up and play that for you guys. Uh, I got so much stuff. Uh, I got to find this clip. Um, let me see. Okay, here it goes. The Fire Fauci Act. Let me pull this up for you guys one second. Just bear with me. Oh, damn, I still had the music playing. I never stopped. <laughs> All right. Um, here we go. Fire Fauci Act. Thank you for coming, everyone. This is this is an important issue that we need to talk. The American people have endured terrible things over the past year due to the shutdowns from COVID-19. And I'm very proud to sponsor the Fire Fauci Act, and I'm grateful to my colleagues here for co-sponsoring this bill because the American people deserve answers. The Fire Fauci Act will bring Dr. Fauci's salary down to zero and also will require the Senate to confirm someone to fill his position. You see, Dr. Fauci was not elected by the American people. He was not chosen to guide our economy. He was not chosen to rule over parents and their children's education. But yet, Dr. Fauci very much controlled our lives for the past year. Dr. Fauci, there is a lot of information that needs to come out on him. And as you all have seen with the emails that came out, that he owes the American people a lot of answers, but he also owes the world a lot of answers. These are emails that are very important that you all need to make sure that you're sharing with the public because the public has suffered greatly. Businesses have closed, small businesses have suffered. People have truly been depressed, health consequences. People have died alone in hospitals and nursing homes. Children's education has been delayed by a year. And then we even witness suicide numbers going up, not in just adults, but young people, people in college, children in high school, children in middle school, and even younger. This isn't how our country was set up, and this is not how people should be governed. But yet it's Dr. Fauci, and through his advice that constantly changed, that is how things happened. You see, there's a lot of evidence, and answers need to be found, and answers need to be given. And the American people deserve the answers, and count accountability should be held for Dr. Fauci and all of those involved. And if American tax dollars went to the Wuhan lab and indeed funded this virus, which it's very clearly coming out that this is very much a man-made virus, a man-made virus in a lab that has sickened the world and caused people to die. You see, people are really tired of there never being anyone held accountable, never anyone being fired. And that's why it's time to fire Dr. Anthony Fauci and give answers to the American people who I mind you, this is, got, this is the government that should be served. And this, that was the press conference that these uh, members of Congress held uh, pointing out uh, these, uh, while I was looking at the video, if you see the video online, all the members that were standing up there were white. Um, and I'm looking at it like, uh, just based off of some of the things that she said, um, black people shouldn't be surprised. Um, I know it's 
a lot of black people who got the the vaccine and this is not and I'm not saying that the covid um covid virus wasn't real it was definitely real I only had a problem and an issue with the vaccine but this is a capitalistic society that we live in so people in these type of positions are always on the come up and we've had plenty of examples of the the federal government or people affiliated with the federal government testing on Americans particularly black Americans as you know so this none of this surprises me it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't surprise me unfortunately um it's sad so as as I initially said during the uh the beginning of the podcast, you know, I'm just pointing some things out, you know, I'm just giving you a taste of things. You do your own research and I'm and while I'm thinking about it, I haven't even started the show yet. <laughs> haven't even started the show yet. So while I'm thinking about it, let's do it. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver. The taste of a taste to consider podcast. And let's get back to business. What can you do? What's interesting is um, earlier this week, uh, the governor of Maryland, where I reside, in Prince George's County, Maryland, uh, the governor of Maryland recently stated that the state of emergency will be lifted July 1st. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, this show is convenient that the state of emergency is being lifted right, you know, right around the the 4th of July holiday where people are gathering, people are spending money, you know. Summer is... is just beginning and now everything opening back up you know uh you ain't gotta wear no mask no more unless uh uh, a business or some type of facility requires that but we back to business a little over a year we back to business and sitting here looking at that press conference and thinking of things and just like um all these small businesses suffer from this, people died from this and stuff like that. But Amazon flourished, Walmart flourished, all these all these people, these big business people got rich, but a lot of people suffered. A lot of people suffered, a lot of people lost their jobs, a lot of people while they were unemployed, couldn't get unemployment and stuff like that. A lot of people suffered, but a lot, but that that one percent of people, they really flourished. They really flourished. And I always look at things, you know, um, where I try to keep my mind uh, focused on everything is for my highest good. A lot of people, a lot of the ninety nine percent or whatever, you know, did. Uh, did have 
some good outcomes during this time. It's unfortunate to to look at it that way because people died and stuff, but you know, a lot of people were able to find other avenues to make money, um, to get away from the minimum wage jobs, the jobs that weren't paying them crap and stuff like that. But still people suffer, but you know, so it's it's kind of is where your mindset was at and what and how you how you um reacted to everything that's going on. Um it's unfortunate. Uh this vaccine, uh this disease, this um this virus is has been a gift and a curse to a lot of people. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's like burp number f- four, five, and six. Let me take a quick break. Um, as y'all know, I take I gotta take my breaks during the show because I'm uh, drinking so much water. Got got my drink, my alcohol. I just gotta use the bathroom. <laughs> Dang, another burp. I apologize. Like I should edit this stuff out, but I don't think it's necessary. You know, it's just to keep it all natural. All authentic. So let me pause, take a break, and I'll be back. I'm back. Uh, let's get back to the vax. Back to the vax. Um, recently, um, earlier this week, the NFL released their uh, protocol modifications for vaccinated individuals and non-vaccinated individuals so i'm gonna go down the list of the fully vaccinated this is the this is their list that they released the fully vaccinated side and the not what they what they wrote the not fully vaccinated side i thought this was interesting so i just wanted to make note of it so on the fully vaccinated side these this is these are the the requirements the protocol for it fully vaccinated no daily daily te- testing required. Mask not required at club facility or during team travel. No physical distancing required in club facility with other vaccinated individuals. No quarantine required after high risk exposure to COVID. Interesting. No travel restrictions. No capacity limits and weight room when all fully vaccinated may eat in cafeteria with other fully vaccinated individuals. No restrictions on social media slash marketing slash sponsorship opportunities. May use sauna slash theme room. May interact with vaccinated family slash friends during team travel. Now, this list was going side by side, but I decided to just go fully down the fully vaccinated side. So now I'm going to go down the not fully vaccinated side. Now this says testing required every day. Mass required at club facility and doing travel. Must remain physically distant from others in club facility. Must quarantine after high risk exposure to COVID. Travel restrictions in effect. 15 player limit in weight room. Players must be physically distanced in mailroom, may not eat with teammates, 
Staff must grab and go. No meals in the cafeteria. No social media slash marketing slash sponsorship activities permitted. May not use sauna slash steam room. May not leave team hotel to eat in restaurants. May not interact with anyone outside of team traveling party during team travel. (laughs) This shit is just so fucking weird. (laughs) And when I saw this, nothing about this said to me that this is for the player safety. Nothing at all. All this said to me was this is about them trying to force every player in the NFL to get vaccinated. This is about money. They don't want to lose money. Because honestly, when you think about it, we already know that even if you're vaccinated, you still can catch the virus. So why wouldn't you have to quarantine after high-risk exposure. And what irks me about people when they talk about them having the vaccine and their main thing is, well, I'm vaccinated, so even if I catch it, um, it won't be that bad or I won't have to go to the hospital. (laughs) That is like the main defense of when somebody comes to them and says, well, you can still get the vac- you can still get the virus if you got the vaccine. So I'm just like, I'll just throw my hands. I'm just like, man, as I already stated on the last episode before, I have loved ones, family members who who have the vaccine. My parents, my my uh, brother, my sister-in-law. So it's not like I'm just and I got I got friends. I got people that's part of my inner circle, my close circle. Um that have the vaccine so you know it's not like i'm i'm just fully just judging and all that other stuff i'm just like i'm i'm just trying to wrap my head around the logic of some of the things some of the defenses that people have around getting vaccinated um it's just weird but yeah this is this is about money the nfl don't care about nobody's safety we know that for sure and this is just about money. They don't want the, the season to be interrupted. And they're trying to force players who refuse to get vaccinated and haven't got vaccinated to get vaccinated. Because when it comes down to it, the season can still be ruined from a fully vaccinated person getting the COVID. But they're trying to come out in that one that one little part of the protocol that says that if you don't have to quarantine <laughs> if you get the va- if you get the virus i don't know whatever <laughs> moving along so juneteenth like i said today is uh june 19th So today is considered Juneteenth. And with the the stroke of a pen, without no debates, no back and forths or anything, Juneteenth was made a federal holiday within a couple of days. (laughs) 
Still no anti-lynching bill. Still no police reform. Still no reparations for black Americans. But with the stroke of a pen, within a couple of days, Juneteenth was made a national holiday. At the drop of a dime. I mean, the, the papers were signed Friday. No, the papers were signed, I'm sorry. The papers were signed Thursday. And me as a government contractor, I was all Friday and got paid for it. I've been taking off for Juneteenth for years, honestly. I've been taking off Juneteenth for years. So I already planned on calling out for Juneteenth. And the crazy thing about it is Juneteenth was a day that was was the most called out day for the government. So I looked at it. I was just thinking like, you know, we talk so much about, you know, black people coming together and getting things done and working together and stuff. So we silently were working together, didn't even know we were working together and pretty much got this into play. You know, they already knew we were taking off anyway. So they just gave us the holiday. That's how I look at it. And it's still a form of symbolism. You know, this this ain't nothing that we were asking for. We've been asking for police reform. We've been asking for the anti-lynching bill. We've been asking for vote voter rights. We've been asking for reparations. We can't get none of that. Everything has to be a discussion or some type of debate or a roundabout gaslighting way. And they just shove more symbolism in our face. We've been asking for tangible resources and specific bills for black Americans. But we always get intangible things, gestures, symbolism and stuff in order to shut us up, in order to manipulate us, in order to gaslight us. Juneteenth is being whitewashed, basically. I mean, it's being main, it's being pushed into the mainstream. Like I said, I've been taking off Juneteenth for years. Black black people have been celebrating Juneteenth for years, particularly in Galveston, Texas, where this all started. If you don't know the history of Juneteenth, look it up. I shouldn't have to tell you this if you are a black American, but I can understand that I may have to. So, no judgment here. But do the research. I mean, like, even before the actual bill was signed and they were having, the the actual bill was signed by the president. It went it had to go through the the proper channels of being signed by the Senate and going through Congress and all that other stuff. Even before the president signed this bill, it was already being pushed through the mainstream. I mean, I opened up HBO Max, I believe, on Tuesday or Wednesday, and they already had a Juneteenth section already up. And now that it's been signed and been considered a national holiday 
all you see on TV and everything is Juneteenth sections, Juneteenth days where they showing black movies and all that other stuff. And it's crazy because just last episode, I told y'all to go follow, uh, well, go listen to uh, Unprocessed Knowledge podcast. And my man Scott was talking about critical race theory. And it's crazy because states, certain states been pushing this where they've been banning critical race theory, but then Juneteenth is being made a holiday. So it don't even matter in those states where they've been banning critical race theory. They're not going to teach anything about Juneteenth. Which means they're not going to be celebrating it. So it's an irony there. It's uh... <laughs> I just got to laugh at it. I'm just like, it's a contradiction. It's a contradiction. They're contradict- contradicting themselves. I mean, the last the last uh, federal holiday that were that was uh, signed was the Dr. King's birthday. That that was the last national holiday that was was uh, signed, and that was in 1983. I was two years old, maybe depending on the month. I was born in November 1981. So depending on the month, I maybe have been one years old or two years old. Who knows? 1983, Dr. King's birthday was made a federal holiday. 1986, the drug enforcement bill was signed into law. Basically the start of the war on drugs. Reagan signed the the federal holiday for King's birthday as well as the drug enforcement bill in 1986. They always give us this symbolism, but then in turn, they still stomping our asses into the ground. But the thing is, we get so attached to this symbolism, we get so caught up into it. We get so caught up into it, we get attached to it, and it just blinds us. It distracts us from the things that we really should be doing. Next year, we're going to, I mean, we've already been saying it, but next year, it's probably going to be like Juneteenth shirts and Target, Walmart, um, shoot, all types of Juneteenth merchandise. <laughs> the shit is just commercial, it's going to be commercialized like majority of the holidays that we have. People are going to be profiting 
off of this. Profiting. Companies are going to be profiting off of this. This doesn't, it's not, it's, it's going to be to the point where it doesn't even mean anything to us no more. You know, uh, just like how black people sit here and we celebrate St. Patrick's Day going out drinking and stuff, Cinco de Mayo and stuff. You're going to have white people and other races celebrating Juneteenth wearing dashikis and kufis and whatever else. <laughs> this is what it's come down to. 15 states is basically illegal, illegal to teach Juneteenth in the public schools. This is to appease us while they make their chess moves. That's what it's about. But moving along, um, that's the end of the blackity black woke segment, pretty much. <laughs> I can go on and on and on and on. I got a little bit more, but it's, it's, it's not really part of the segment. It's more of a review of... Uh, a new series that's on Netflix. And that series is uh, titled High on the Hog. Um, if you're a Netflix sub subscriber, you may know about it. I recently just started watching it. I believe I'm on, uh, I forgot how many episodes it is. Uh, let me see. It's... Um, let me see. Oh wow! I thought it was more episodes than that. It's only one, two, three, four. It's only four episodes. Only four episodes of this show. I wonder if if, if this is a limited series or now. If they're gonna come back and do more. Um. Yeah. Damn. It's a limited series. So that. That's making me think a little bit different of, of what I've been watching so far. So the the series is called High on the Hog, How African-American Cuisine Transformed America. So I started watching it. I'm on episode uh, one, two, three. I'm on episode four. So I'm on the last episode. I didn't get to finish it before the show, but... Um, I thought I thought it uh, was a good show. Um, thought it was a good series. Thought it was a good series, and um, it had some some interesting stories in it uh, from a lot of the people that were featured in it, uh, family stories and, and stuff. Uh, one of the things that um, turned turned me off though was if you've been listening to the podcast enough, they started off. With the slavery story, they started off with the all black people come from Africa story. Um, so if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you can you can understand why that would turn me off. Um, I don't believe that um, all black people came from Africa. I believe that there were black people everywhere. 
And y'all know how I feel about um, American Indians, me being a descendant of American Indians, indigenous people, aborigines of America, North America, South America, the Americas. We have documented proof that black people were here before America was discovered. Um, I'm doing air quotes like y'all can see me. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that kind of turned me off, but I kept watching it because I still understood that a lot of the the uh the stories about the food and stuff weren't didn't just come from Africa. It was already here. I mean, to me, you can't bring a whole race of people over to a new land and they just automatically just know how to work that land. They know how to work it because they were already here. But I'm going to leave it there. That will be for another discussion, possibly, if something comes up. And it was been, it's been in plenty of other previous episodes. But I thought it was a good series. It, I, definitely, I, I uh, encourage everybody to watch it. It has some good stories in it. Um, and it just had me... Well, first, let me get to this. Uh, let me play this clip first, because it... Um, it has to do with uh, Juneteenth. So let me pull this clip up. You remember when the Civil War was being fought? Well, I, I can't remember much about it, but I remember this much. We all got up and all of them went to the house. Went to the house to see old master. And I thought old Marshall was dead, but wasn't. he had been off to the war and uh, come back. All the niggas gathered around and see old Marshall again. You know, and old Marshall didn't tell you, you know, it was free. He didn't tell you that? No, he didn't tell. They wait till, I think now they said they wait till six months out of that. Six months. And turned them loose on the 19th of June. That's why you know you celebrate that day, Colors Foods. And that was a clip from the last episode. And that last episode was titled Freedom. And that was from a former slave. Uh, it was recorded in 1941. Uh, that former slave, uh, I forgot what her name was. Um, it went by so quick, I forgot uh, what her name was. But, yeah. So, this series touches on Juneteenth ironically um honestly I don't look at it as being ironic I don't look at I look at this like it's no coincidence that this series came out recently we get in this national holiday the last episode is titled Freedom and it's talking about Juneteenth they were actually in Galveston Texas talking about Juneteenth what it meant to them and the food that related to all of that <laughs> but like i said the the series was was uh was good i encourage everybody to check it out it's on netflix called high on hog um they didn't really get into too much hog talk um honestly 
in the four episodes. Uh, only one episode in particular, really two episodes, two episodes really got into the hog talk. Um, but they went into talking about, you know, um, quote unquote African-American cuisine and stuff like that. And just watching it, um, I resonated with it a lot because my my family is from North Carolina. Um, I basically, even though I'm from the DMV area, I was born in D.C., raised in Maryland. I I grew up on the hog. I mean, I spent a lot of time in North Carolina back and forth with my parents going there and stuff like that. So I resonated with a lot of things that was talked about in this um I remember I had a great uncle who who raised hogs. I remember going to his house and he had the hogs in the pen, several. He had a lot of hogs in that pen. Um, I've seen my uncles cook hogs. I've eaten plenty of barbecue, um, which is minced pork meat. I've eaten chitlins. I've eaten uh, hog maws. I've eaten pig ears, pig feet, pigtails, sauce. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, that's basically pig, pig ears and pigtails boiled in this pot. And then um, put in the refrigerator and it gels together like jello. That's literally how it is. It's, it's pig jello. That's what uh, sauce is pig jello. <laughs> Um, I mean, macaroni and cheese, turnip greens, okra, all, all you, everything you know that is soul food, I know about because my family is from the South. So I definitely thought a lot of the things uh, in the, the series was good because it, it talked about, you know, uh, passing a lot of the legacies and when it comes to food and stuff, passing it down in the family and stuff. And it had me thinking about, you know, just uh, soul food in general and how, um, you know, that term soul food, it has an endearing feeling to it, you know, uh, where you have your your family getting together, you sitting down and in fellowship and you're eating together, your mom, grandma, aunts, you know, everybody, family getting together to create this special meal and stuff like that. But then on the other side, I started thinking about how, you know, it's so much love and endearment and stuff, but then it's so much pain and, and death as well. High blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart disease, and stuff like that. So it's it's like what I talked about uh, last episode. That is, it's always two sides of things. It's always that finding that balance within the two sides, and and that's what it is with soul food. You know, um, it's so much love about soul food, but then there's so much pain as well. <laughs> um, And it's just, it's just kind of, well, to me, it just kind of just have you just thinking like, 
how am I really supposed to feel about this? You know, um, the ins- your enslaved ancestors or whatever, we come to be familiar with a lot of these these dishes, a lot of the foods that we've grown up with because of us being, our ancestors being enslaved and being thrown scraps and stuff like that, you know, being high off the hog and coming to eating chitlins and those things like that because we were being thrown scraps or we had to just put some stuff together in order to eat cornbread you know um just simple things that we just had to our ancestors had to learn to put together in order for us to have a meal to nourish ourselves to you know to come together it's so much pain attached to to this soul food you know it's kind of like we have a victimiz- victimization mindset or we have this mindset of lack based off of that, you know. We just having this mindset of, oh, well, this is all we got left, so this is what we got to do with it, you know. We're we not used to to having the finer cuts of meat and stuff like that. We've only just been starting to get accustomed to certain things. And they talked about that, excuse me, in the series, talked about how, a lot of black people don't eat oysters, and it's a lot of stigma around uh, black chefs um, and how they only cook soul food, which is not true and stuff like that. You know, it's just a lot of it's a lot of bullshit. It's just a lot of bullshit wrapped around this. And like I said, they they started off the series, you know, with the slave story. And it's like we are continuously attached to this this story of our existence that we've only been slaves, you know. And that's why it's easy for a lot of black Americans to to look at it as, oh, we came over on the ship, that we don't have anything we we don't have anything else to attach ourselves to other than that so it's easy for black americans to believe that we all came from africa it's easy for us to just brush that maybe we have a lot of cultural cultural uh things from this land that we actually live on now, before slavery. I mean, we're pretty much a slave to soul food. We're pretty much a slave to that. We're a slave to all the things that are attached to slavery, to us being enslaved, to us being captives of war. I'm sitting there looking at the series and I'm sitting there thinking about the recent Juneteenth federal holiday and stuff. And I'm just like, it's almost like we're a sideshow. We're a sideshow to other races as well as ourselves. We're spectacles.
anytime a documentary comes out like this, anytime uh, we get in some sort of symbolism and stuff, we're spectacles for white supremacy. We're spectacles for ourselves. We're sideshows. But, like I said, we're here now, and Juneteenth is now a holiday, a federal holiday, and it's just it's just sad a lot of the as you as if if you haven't seen I see it, the cooning the the buck breaking and stuff i mean i'm about to i'm gonna play a clip for you real quick of what happened when this this bill was passed and went through. Boys and sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise. High as the listening skies, let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. I can only laugh. These are the members. This is Nancy Pelosi and all of them singing. <laughs> they sitting there singing. Lift every voice and sing. <laughs> oh man. For the uh the June making for the bill making Juneteenth a federal holiday. <laughs> and I got I could just only laugh. I'm just like, what is this bullshit? This is just similar to when they all the Black Lives Matter stuff was going on and you saw the members of Congress taking a knee with the uh I forgot what you call the little the little jumps you put around your uh your neck or whatever. The little Kente cloth jumps. <laughs> and it's just this is bullshit. This is like a slap in our face. And we continuously fall victim to it. We continuously just get caught up into it and we just just get distracted by it, man. It's just it's sad. Um I'm gonna play another clip for y'all um regarding Juneteenth. As the great beacon light of hope for millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice, it came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later. Lincoln obviously did not free the slaves. Uh, the Emancipation Proclamation didn't free any slaves. Abraham Lincoln 
emancipated the slaves. Emancipation simply means to let go from bondage. It also means a transference of ownership from the individual to the state. From the individual to the state. The etymology of emancip emancipation is the word is rooted is a Latin word. That's the root word of um let me let me pull it up. I don't wanna be giving y'all effed up information. But the origin of emancipate is a Latin word. Um emancipate means transferred as property. So, as was stated in that clip, and as if you don't already know, the Emancipation Proclamation didn't free the slaves. It really was a transference of property. So, it freed our ancestors from bondage, but it just transferred it from the individual, which is the slave owners, to the state, which is the reason that they can still put us in captivity, which is in the 13th Amendment. That's why you see the countless black people, particularly black men, that are in jail cells. And this is, and me, I'm not saying all this to take away from Juneteenth because I can never sit there and say what Juneteenth meant to those enslaved black Americans during that time. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is slavery is still. A very real thing. That's what I'm saying. So moving along with Juneteenth. Juneteenth will be whitewashed. It will be mainstreamed. It will be commercialized. But this shouldn't be nothing new. And it shouldn't be a surprise to us as black Americans. And this is the last clip I will play regarding Juneteenth, and I will be moving along with the surface topics. <laughs> no good apples out there. White people. That's my bad. Uh, let me start that again. Let me start that again. And I will not be editing this out. <laughs> So let me pull up this clip once again. No good apples out there. White people make my blood boil. When you say there are no good apples out there, uh, yeah. what, do you, what, do you, what kind of claim are you making? I'm talking about people have this idea that um, racism is something that if you're consciously racist or if you're a Klan member, and I'm sort of making the claim that racism is something that is unconscious and it is actually in everyone and everyone uses these words systemic they're like you know i i you i'm i know that racism is systemic and yet individually when you call them out they'll, they'll be like well it's not me you can't say that 
And so there's a disconnect between use of the word systemic and saying that racism is everywhere. But the moment you point it out individually, there's sort of people disown their own violence and racism. Would it be fair to say, based on your expertise, that white people are psychopathic? I think I I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's many lies that and I had, didn't get to that part because what I've delivered was only um, part of a first series of talks. Let me pause for a second. Uh, this is a psychiatrist. Her name is Dr. Aruna Kilanani. And this was a clip. It's entitled, Professor Claims That White People Are Psychopaths With No Good Apples. And Van Lathan is the person that's interviewing her. So back to the clip. But the way, the level of lying that white people do that has started since colonialism, we're just used to it. Hmm. Such what as kind every of time you, sure, every time that you, um, you, you steal a country, you loot, you say you've discovered something. I mean, this is this le this level of lies actually part of history. We don't say that we killed all these people. We got rid of all the Native Americans. We say we discovered America. You don't talk about the level of death. You don't talk about the level of what actually occurred. You wipe the, the slate clean. You sanitize the violence. And you actually got lost along the way. You're trying to go to India. And then you say you discovered something. And this level of, of discovery is everywhere. You've discovered vegetarianism. You know, you've discovered you've discovered yoga. You've discovered everything is a discovery. And it's all actually stolen. All actually stolen. Cultural appropriation. Now I am done with this topic. Juneteenth. So if you couldn't get the clear picture of what was being said i don't know what to say <laughs> so moving along that is officially the end of the blackity black woke segment now to the surface topics i came across this clip um of this these these uh women they were sitting outside at a restaurant and uh, this guy tried to holler at them, tried to talk to them, get their number, whatever. And they rejected him. And it proceeded to go way left. It was alleged that he went to his car, he got a gun, and he came back shooting. And I'm going to just play the clip, so take it for what what it is as far as what's what you can hear from the clip and then we'll move along who is you who is you who is you nobody to you my oh my god oh my god go 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 what the? Yeah, so that was the clip. Um, as you could hear, it was all over the place. It was chaos going on. And damn, I mean, like, 
this ain't nothing new to me, honestly. I've seen plenty of dudes get turned down before, but never to the point where they went to go get a gun and start shooting, shooting up, you know. I've seen them, you know, call a woman out their name or something like that, and we'll argue with them and stuff like that. But this is, this is beyond, like, this is, this is, <laughs> I don't, uh, as I always state, I'm not a licensed professional, but this is some mental illness right here, fellas. It is not that deep, but obviously it can be for some some guys. It can be that deep where they can't take rejection well. You know, uh, as I state, I'm not a licensed professional, but it it's, it speaks to their self worth, their self value. You know, self love and. And having some some trauma in their life where they've been rejected and they don't know how to handle it from a woman. <sighs> Whew. Uh yeah. <laughs> oh. I got another clip that it, that um that's related to it. Um, I've been holding on to this clip for a while, so it happened to go with what I just played, so I'll play this one as well. I don't know who told you that. I don't know who told you that just because y'all have sex, you're supposed to depend on them. I don't know where you got that from. You, 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 have, you have put flesh in human position. You don't, de- you don't depend on your spouse. You depend on God. And when my mother and father have forsaken me, do you read your Bible? It doesn't matter if your spouse rejected you. The truth is, you got with your spouse for completion instead of connection. You were already rejected. And when they did not fulfill the purpose that you manipulated them, because you didn't go in telling them you were insecure. You didn't go in telling them that you were rejected. You didn't go in telling them that you had mental problems. You didn't go in telling them, if you don't tell me you love me five times a day, I'm going to feel like you don't like me. You, you need to go in telling the truth. If you don't answer my text in five minutes, I'm going to think you're cheating on me. You had that problem before we met. So, y'all know I'm pretty transparent when it comes to issues of mental health and stuff like that so i'm pretty sure just based off my experience a lot of people don't take rejection well but they're able excuse me they're able to handle it in a way that they ain't shooting up the place or they ain't cussing somebody out or whatever i mean i would think seven eight times out of ten uh majority of people don't take rejection well they don't like being rejected i don't like being rejected i have a problem with rejection based off of uh things that i've gone through in the past that built into habits and uh mental um a mental state of mind As that last clip that just played, that rejection was already there. It really was. 
So, you know, uh, anytime if you don't if you don't handle this, if you don't work on this trauma, work on healing whatever situation is the foundation of your rejection, then anytime somebody rejects you, it's just going to be building or building. It's like Legos. You're going to be building, building, building on top of that rejection that started it all. And this goes to a far-reaching aspect of relationships where we tend to try to fulfill certain traumas in our lives, insecurities, things that deal with our self-worth, our self-value, self-love that we need to work, be working on personally, but we try to fulfill it through other people, particularly our romantic relationships. Granted, it does happen with platonic relationships. I talked about, you know, um, bromances and any type of friendship love relationships or whatever and it can even happen in any relationship uh in your life whether it's work relationship where certain things trigger you and if you're not working on this stuff working on healing yourself then you will be triggered often so i remember uh i had a one of the topics of, of my shows where uh a a woman, she said, you know, if if you have if you're dealing with somebody that triggers you, run away from them, get get away from them. And I just look at that, that's just, you know, a bad way to look at things because you're just running away from your problems. You have to deal with your triggers. You have to deal with your trauma. You have to deal with these these issues and this mental state that keeps you projecting on people. Abusing people, abusing yourself, abandoning yourself. Damn, but going and get a gun because you got rejected? I mean, I'm not, uh, I ain't trying to be judgy, but damn, that is, that's serious. And that's something that has to be worked on. I mean, I don't, that's deep. That is deep. You have... That guy got real issues that he needs to work on. That he went to the point where he was arguing and then went and had a and got a gun. A gun. That's 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 deep. <laughs> Let me play this clip to kind of like balance the balance the scales a little bit. This this clip right here is on self-worth. It's a it's a motivational clip. Let me just balance the scales a little bit. Who would like this twenty dollar bill? I do. Okay. I'm gonna give it to one of you, but first let me do this. He's balling the twenty dollar bill up. I do. And what if I do what if he I do threw this? it on the ground and he's stepping on it? And who wants it now? My dear students, I've just showed you a very important lesson. No matter what I did with this money, you still wanted it because it never lost its worth. It's still worth $20. Well, there are many times in our lives when we feel like life has crumbled us up and ground us into the dirt. 
We may make some bad decisions or have to deal with some poor circumstances. And sometimes we can, our lives can make us feel worthless. But no matter what has happened, no matter what will happen, you never lose your worth. Don't ever forget that. Yeah. You have to establish your worth. Because if your worth is dependent upon other people, you will be scrambling forever. You will never perceive that you have any worth if it's dependent upon people. I'm speaking from experience and personal experience as well as experience from watching other people. And that clip of the guy being rejected is a perfect example of him not having any self-worth, no self-value, not understanding what it is internally. He's basing it externally. And that's a tough situation. Damn, that 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 actually makes me feel feel better about my my circumstances even though that I've I've had struggles with my self-worth, my self-value as such. Um it makes me feel a little better that you know um, I wasn't as deep as he was. I have made strides. I have grown. I have evolved. <laughs> but damn, yeah. So, folks, take your self-worth, your self-value, and that self-love. Put as much energy into that as you do scrolling, double-tapping, and watching other people. Moving on to the next topic. This was this one is an interesting one. And I guess it uh I mean it all all this stuff aligns. It that's just how it works with, with this show. So I came across on Twitter this headline right here. Black Twitter petitions to cancel Destiny's Destiny's Child song Cater to You 17 years later because it's a slave song, a quote, quote unquote slave song. And women are now bothered by it. <laughs> oh. Black women are, are some black women, y'all know how I do. So I, I'm not going to keep saying this damn some stuff. Black women are looking at the song, the Destiny Child song, 17 years later, as an oppressive song. It got so big to the point where Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child posted something about it. Let me pull that clip up. My name is Merlene, and I just read that y'all want to cancel the song Cater to You by Destiny's Child. Oh, honey. You didn't discern who you were catering to, and you gave your little pearls to swine. Don't be mad at Destiny's Child. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they trying to cancel the song. Trying to cancel the song. They are signing a petition, a real-life petition, to cancel Cater to You. <laughs> Somebody posted, 
Ironically, black women want to cancel Destiny's Child's song Cater to You, but not Bills, Bills, Bills. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on with this this generation. Man, I feel like uh, I was born in 1981, so I feel like uh, I guess you all the way up to 1990, if you was born around that time, we are the, are the last of a different type of breed. <laughs> we are the last of it. We've gone, we've, we've dealt with a lot of things in the past, CDs, VHS, Betamax, uh, floppy disk, regular disk. Zip this. We we dealt with all that stuff, and we've we've been able to come into the new age of things. And we we are the last of a dying breed. We are the last of a, a different type of breed where we understand things a little differently. Uh, I guess if you was born around, if you grew up around the internet, if you were coming up around the internet age, then you just a different type of person than what what my my group of people are <laughs> because things is just. It's just totally different. Like people are just like super sensitive about things and just trying to make up these crazy ass new new rules on stuff that don't make absolutely no sense. No sense at all. But we gonna rock real quick just because of of <laughs> of this dumbass petition. Taste to consider podcast. Maybe I see you working hard. Wanna let you know I'm proud. Let you know that I admire what you do. Don't know if I need to reassure you. My life will be purposeless without you. If I want it, when I ask you about it, you inspire me to be better. Taste to consider podcast. Let's go. Let me help you take off your shoes. I feel so inspired right now. Uh, I got a different energy. Uh, I got a smile on my face. I got chills coming over my body. My body tingling right now. Yes, I feel so good. How can you cancel a song like that, fellas? I, I mean, I, we ain't trying to cancel it unless you, not mine. But, um, yeah, this is ridiculous. I mean, this is an uplifting song. It's uplifting to, to, to the man, to the black man. It's uplifting. This is all we ask for. We ain't, we ain't asking you to be a slave for us. We just... I mean, shoot, just go back to, to the previous episodes, tr- all the trigger warnings. Trigger warning part one, two, three, and four. Yeah. We just we just wanna feel we just wanna feel some love too. It goes hand in hand. Hand in hand. 
It's like a seesaw. You give me love, I give you love. I give you love, you give me love. You give me love, I give you love. Man, I swear, something wrong with these people out here. <sighs> Moving along, we almost finished with this episode. I came across uh, another... Well, shit. This I came across a few of a few scenarios and stories on uh, Twitter the past couple of weeks about uh, women being flued out and and um, it not going so well for both parties, man and woman. The the guy who flued the girl out and the girl who got flued out, flued out. Um. So. This one particular story, um, the guy flew the girl out. Um, they they was talking for a few months, and few months. I didn't say a couple of months. Few months. So that's more than two, and it was, it was more than three. It was a few few months, and he flew her out. She got he paid for a hotel and everything. She got to the hotel. He was like, "Bet I'm glad you here. You know, I'm ready to come see you or whatever." And she stopped him in his tracks the the first day that she got there. Um, she was like, "Nah, I'm I'm tired right now. You know, I don't, I ain't really trying to see each other. I ain't trying, you know." And the dude was confused, and he was like, "You know, I I flew you out. You know, I thought you know we we've, we've been talking about this. You know, we've been sending, we've been talking on the phone, texting. We've been sending uh." We've been sexting. We've been sending new pictures to each other. And now everything changed. She she was saying, um, you know, she not she didn't come here for that. She didn't, you know, come to she just wanted to be a friendly thing and all that other stuff. The dude was was job blown. He was confused because he was like, you know, we've been this ain't been a friendly thing on the phone conversations in the Texas. But now you wanted to be a friendly thing. I've spent over a thousand dollars to the fly you out and to pay for this hotel and stuff. And now you know everything's changed or whatever. And he was just like, "Well, I'm about to cancel your room for the next uh, two days. Uh, you gonna have to figure out what you gonna do after after tonight and fly yourself back." After that, because <laughs> I'm canceling this shit. So they proceeded to go back and forth. The girl was trying to figure out what happened and all this other stuff. So all that to say that it didn't work out for the guy and the girl. She was confused. But, yeah. So I came across this this other um, tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I came across this other tweet, so I, I saved this one or whatever because I thought this one this was relevant. It's relevant. It says y'all men get very pro rapists when y'all talk about flyouts and sex with women, especially if the man pays for the flight and hotel. No one owes you sex or any other sexual encounter with their bodies for the things you bought. Just disgusting. This was a, a black woman that uh, posted this. And I agree with her wholeheartedly. You know, this this ain't nothing that you should be expecting or anything like that. 
But as I stated with their, that previous story, they've been they they was already talking about the sex stuff. They was been sexing, sending naked pictures and stuff like that. So how did things just change so quick? I mean, like this stuff should have been established before you got flued out on both ends. I'm not taking no sides on this end. Shit needs to be, and this ain't the first story. Like, this shit been going on for years. These flued out stories have been going on for years. So, this shit needs to be established. Like, I've heard stories where not even Bama's flued the girl out. They they went on vacations together, and shit switched up quick. So, like... I said I'm not taking sides, but I got to say this. <laughs> I got to say this. In the world that I live in, where I've had plenty of conversations on both sides of the scale with women and men, that this is something that should be known. Particularly if certain things have already been played out, like the sexting and the the sending naked pictures and stuff like that. It shouldn't be no surprise when a guy is disappointed or mad. And vice versa, when a woman is disappointed and mad when this, this conversation of sex pops up and is not fulfilled. Like I said, this conversation has been out there for years. It's even been out there to the point where the conversation has even been uh, been kind of elevated a little bit where the woman goes on a vacation with a guy or she's flewed out or whatever and she winds up being on her on her cycle and the dude is mad or something like that. So these conversations have been out there. But it's like, this shit needs to be established. And and the way I look at it, I'm like, guys need to stop flying chicks out places and going on vacations with them, period. If, if, this, if this is a possibility. If you're not in, if you're not, if you, if you haven't established, established uh, and had a, Good communication and a good conversation with the woman that this is something that is going to happen. And I'm looking at it like at this point for a man and woman, if y'all haven't previously had sex, then neither one of y'all need to be flying out or being flued out in the situation to just alleviate this whole conversation, period. If y'all haven't already been intimate and in some physically intimate in some type of way previously before these situations happen don't do it just don't do it <laughs> like don't do it period because i'm tired of seeing these conversations on social media and it being such a big thing when it doesn't have to be we are all grown we can communicate we can say what we want and if they if that's not something that's on the table for the other person then you make your decision after that if you feeling her to the point where the sex don't matter, you want to keep continue getting to know her, then do it. 
But other than that, if you're going to get mad that it's not going to happen, then don't even make it a possibility until things are established or y'all haven't been previously physically intimate. Seriously. Because it's just this just going too far. <laughs> oh man. Moving along to the last topic of the night. Oh man. This one kind of um this one didn't surprise me because I think I've I've seen it before over the years, but I mean, hey. Should Father's Day be banned because it's disrespectful to single mothers and same-sex couples? This was an article. And this is something, like I said, this has been out there for a while as well. And I'm just, this came out like the, the week of Father's Day weekend. <sighs> Why do we continuously have to go through this shit where... Women, whether just women, women period, whether it's black or whatever, women. But since I'm a since I'm a, a black male and I'm in these circles, I hear it that way from black certain black women. We all know Father's Day isn't a isn't as celebrated as Mother's Day. We all know on Father's Day. You see plenty of of women uh, being uh, celebrated and exalted for being the father of a parent. We see the bashing of deadbeat fathers and stuff like that. Rightfully so for deadbeat fathers. Just that. But there's plenty of fathers out here, black fathers out here, who are on a job and take care of business. Plenty of them in the UNU network. So celebrate them, support them by listening to the show and all that, you know. But we got to stop this shit. <laughs> Ain't no mother or father. Nothing can replace the role of a father in a child's life, girl or boy. But this other element where this same-sex couple stuff is 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 ridiculous. I've talked about I talked about this like a, a long time ago on one of my shows, on one of my shows where um, the Black Lives Matter organization. In their in their uh in their description of the organization, how they don't believe in the nu- nucle- nuclear family. And if you don't know the term nuclear family, that is a man woman relationship with children. They don't believe in that. And you see a lot of um people who are a part of the LGBTQ community, particularly the black LGBTQ community, pushing that narrative. But they're pushing that narrative based off of white supremacy, white feminism. 
how are you just going to shut a father out of existence? This is the same thing with Juneteenth. You're trying to whitewash black fathers in existence. Just like you're trying to whitewash the Juneteenth celebration from black Americans. The holiday shuffle. Holiday shuffle. That's what I'm calling it. The holiday shuffle. If you don't understand me using that term, check out the movie Hollywood Shuffle by Robert Townsend and Keenan Ivory Wayne's. And you'll start to understand what I mean when I say holiday shuffle. Shit has become a mockery. And I'm going to leave it there. I'm just going to end it. I just feel like I just need to end it, you know? <laughs> Thank you for listening to A Taste to Consider podcast. I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Music, A Taste to Consider podcast on Instagram. Follow me, like, share the podcast, share the episodes, support me. A Taste to Consider.com, merchandise, you and you network, all the podcasts are up there. You know what to do. Just do it. I end every episode off with a song. Um, Damn. I don't know what song to end it off on. (laughs) I didn't have anything planned for (laughs) for this one. Um, Let me see. Um, I'm about to just hit shuffle and just whatever come up comes up. Uh, We'll play it that way. But I appreciate y'all listening. I appreciate y'all support. Um, Just keep supporting me. Like I said, like, share, download, all that good stuff. Share on your social medias. Share with your friends. Um, Yeah, I'm out. Damn, I did have a song I was going to play, but I can't think of the name of it. Okay, yeah, I remember the name of that joint. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got the song now. Yeah. It don't have nothing to do with the episode, but I was just, this song just popped into my head. Taste to consider podcast. This is Patrice Rashawn. Remind me. late episode 
taste to consider. Sit and sit a podcast. Let's go. Say, sit and sit a podcast. Let's go. Say sick and sit a podcast. I'm thinking now, I'm like, damn, I should have just finished the old cater to you. I'm tripping. <laughs> That's because I'm hungry. Sick and sit a podcast. Once again, I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Spotify. to consider podcast i'm your host Dirk silver the taste of a taste to consider podcast and i'll talk to you next week thank you for listening